Hey everybody, this is our first episode in the series about suffering. This will be a longer and more direct look at the subject of suffering. While life is going well for me personally during this season, I do know for many this year has been incredibly difficult. This year hasn't been easy for me at times either. However, whether life is going well, or you're in a difficult season, or your life has been one difficulty after another, it is always good to know how to address suffering when it comes. And it will come. There's no escaping it. You may be able to delay its arrival, but it will come. The Bible makes this clear in several verses. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And then, in Matthew sixteen twenty four, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And then lastly, Matthew 10, verse 16, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So we know that suffering will come, but why do we suffer? For what purpose does a Christian suffer? Well, one reason is for God's glory. We see this demonstrated in the life of Job. His faithfulness to God was glorifying to God. We see this expressly addressed in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7-11. through 11. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. We see here that Jesus' life is made known by our perseverance through trials. Furthermore, we know that suffering is also for our good. James chapter 1, verses 2-3 through 3. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And also in Romans 8.28 And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Praise God that somehow his methods for receiving glory, he also works out to help us along our journey. But it is one thing to expect suffering and to know why it's coming. And another thing altogether to get through it in a healthy way. So how as a Christian do we get through this? And how do we honor God completely through it? These are questions that this series will try to answer. So what is the first step of suffering well? Well, how does anyone overcome any challenge? Well, it's hope. Why does an athlete work out, strain, risk injury, and come home exhausted after every practice? For the hope of reaching the championship, or the hope of being recognized for his skill? Why does an unemployed single mother apply for jobs? Hope that she can provide 
a better life for her children? Why does a man falsely convicted of a crime fight for his freedom, his hope for freedom? We see that hope is the reason for pushing through trials. But what if there is no hope for our situation? What if the man was correctly imprisoned? Or he lives in a country with unjust laws? What if a woman is never given a job or is physically unable to work? What if the hard-working athlete has an injury that will last a lifetime? They will need a different hope. We need a different hope. A hope that is sure and constant. A hope that there is in any situation, and it will not waver. Our hope needs to be set on Jesus. Peter says this very thing in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul explains his hope in greater detail in Romans 8, 18-25. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we, are, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Paul explains that Christians and the rest of creation are waiting in the hope that will be revealed to us when Christ comes and the earth is made new and perfect. We are hoping for the something that will come when injustice Famine and disappointment will be a thing of the past. We know that when death comes, we will be at rest in peace. This is exactly what Job cries out about in the midst of his suffering in Job chapter 14, verse 14 through 17. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my service I would wait till my renewal should come. You would call and I would answer you. You would long for the work of your hands, for then you would number my steps. You would not keep watch over my sin. My transgression would be sealed up in a bag, and you would cover over my iniquity. Job's desire is for the exact kind of hope we have in Jesus. When we die, we shall live again. He desires for communion with God, that God would long for the work of his hands. In other words, he wants to have a personal relationship with God. That is what we're given in salvation. Companionship with God, creator of all. Our hope is not only in what will happen when death comes, but is the power of God through the Spirit to overcome impossible situations. 
Paul speaks to this power in Philippians 4, verses 12 through 13. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Also, all over the New Testament, we see Jesus and the apostles performing miracles. God has the power to provide for all of your needs. Paul explains that you should pray for help when you need it, and not to be anxious. This is in Philippians 4, 6. And Jesus illustrates the power and desire to provide for his children in Matthew six twenty five through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So we hope in Jesus to give our requests to the Father, who provides for all creation, as well as the peace and rest that will come after death. However, we should not see this hope as a bare minimum to get us through trials. No, our hope is much greater. It overflows the cup of provision into the cup of joy. This is clearly illustrated in Psalm 16, verses 10 through 11. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Our confidence is firmly planted in the hands of God. We can see joy without end amidst suffering. Joy in the midst of suffering is where we'll be in the next episode. As always, I want to leave you with a challenge. Believers, prepare yourselves for action and set your hope on Christ. And what better way to do that than to memorize scripture? For Joshua 1, 8-9 says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
So try to memorize Matthew 5, 2 through 6 over the next coming weeks. If that's too much, then try to memorize one verse from that passage that meets your situation the best. If you want to do more of a challenge, then join me in trying to memorize all of the Beatitudes. For those who don't trust in Christ for salvation, then think on what your hope is in. What guarantee do you have? Is your life built on sand that moves with the wind or washes away when the rain comes? If so, Jesus offers peace and perseverance if you trust him. If you are ready, pray and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and help help you to follow him through all trials. And as always, thanks for listening and feel free to contact me at d.g.kingly at outlook.com.